Hello and welcome to another episode of Origin Compass. I'm Rory Gowan and I'm here as usual with Salome Puentes. Hello everyone, How's such it? a pleasure. Yes, a pleasure to have you as always Salome. How are you today? I'm really good, just yes. like settling down before traveling again. So in our last podcast, uh, you had a bit of a chat with Rich, yeah. right? Yeah, we were talking about like Origin and his perspective and how would he explain what he learned and saw during his trip. Perfect. And uh, one of the big takeouts, well, from my point of view anyway, listening to the interview, was uh, his opinion about Pekka and what Pekka does. Yeah, definitely. So it was very interesting to go over and saying like that there is a goal and scale on like a staircase uh, to evaluate producers to dedicate time, but also to achieve different goals and how that is already established in Colombia and how in other countries where we're starting uh, that structure is just being developed. So it was very interesting for him and for me to talk about. And uh, basically this is why we decided to do a podcast looking at Pekka more closely. Answer some questions probably. Exactly. So um, as Salami just mentioned, today's podcast is going to focus on agronomy and basically looking at how agronomy is the key to keep the microlots that we all love coming. On the producing side, we're facing many challenges. Low prices are making traditional quality focused small scale production less viable, and changing climates is making reaching the higher quality grades more difficult. So where does this leave producers? And what does this mean for those of us who enjoy a cheeky microlot every now and again? Uh, yes, but it is not just about microlots. Yeah very important to remember. <laughs> For producers, being able to sell their entire production at a reasonable price through being able to produce the majority of their coffee at a reasonable quality grade is hugely important. And here, when I say reasonable, I mean having a production with majority of 85 and above. Obviously, not everything is going to be the highest scoring lots. Mm -hmm. So we do have to understand that we're talking about an agricultural product and it's affected by many environmental factors and also the budget of the producer and if he could fertilize or not and if he's learning to uh, process their coffee better. So you, al you will always have coffees that aren't going to be as good. But when you reach at that point when you're consistent, your coffees are 85 and above, like at least... 80% of your harvest or 90% of your harvest is 85 and above. Yeah, and you'll be receiving a price which is sustainable for you to continue doing so. Exactly. Which is, which is super important. So in this episode, we really want to look at what role agronomy plays here. And more specifically, what role do teams of agronomists working at Origin play? Do they really solve these issues? And are they the answer that we've been waiting for? Well, Agronomists are not going to be able to affect the macro market fluctuations and in turn, obviously, coffee prices. However, they can help producers improve quality and productivity. And this is the key at a time when the sea market prices are so low. Yeah. Maybe you're not producing the highest scoring microlots mm -hmm. uh, in tiny quantities, but you're producing 80, 85, 86 point coffee and you're selling it as a specialty and having a better um, outcome. But at the same time, you're increasing your productivity, meaning that you're more profitable and you will be more sustainable throughout time. Mm -hmm. This is true. Um, also, I guess applying a more proactive approach against climate change is highly important as unpredictable and erratic weather is a huge problem for quality. 
we've seen this year visiting farms a lot of producers complaining about this we're not complaining they've just been very concerned about it they've basically applied exactly the same processes that they applied in previous years mm -hmm. but have had totally different results um, of course because every year is going to be different exactly. not only the trees are going to be different but your budget was different for fertilizing you had a different amount of rain you have a different amount of like sunlight everything is changing and especially with like we all know climate change is a thing and it's happening it's pretty obvious mm -hmm. so if you apply the same rules and the same technique well if you apply the same technique like the same specific protocol mm -hmm. you won't have the same results this is true but if you understand the rules you can adjust your protocol and have a very close result to the one that you want mm -hmm. or even better mm -hmm. So this is this is true, and this is where the idea of like agrono agronomical assistance comes into play. But is all agronomical assistance the same? Well, there are some different approaches when we are talking about agronomists or technicians underground. So, um, for example, in Colombia we have the National Coffee Federation. The National Coffee Federation has their own extensionistas mm -hmm. or technicos, and they visit farms. And they have a specific approach, which is controlling production. If prices are low, they will incentivize pruning or stumping the trees. If prices are high, they will, in they will incentivize letting the coffee grow and they will incentivize planting more trees per hectare and stuff like that. So quantity increases. Mm -hmm. In other countries, we have other coffee institutes that are trying to create this kind of projects of technical assistance. And they are focused mostly on improving a little bit the practices, but more than anything, production, production mm -hmm. because of profitability. Then we have uh, a lot of fertilizing companies that decided uh, to invest on technical assistance for producers. Why? Because it's... Um, easy to get closer to producers if you have technical assistance and it's also easy to sell your products that way so that's uh, a little bit of uh, how do you say that's oh, so maybe a bit of a bias that they have a, a tiny little bit <laughs> and then we have the exporters which are divided into main groups so first of all uh, the big commercial ones that are usually focused on um, certifications like organics or maybe fair trades or uh, rainforest and all of that so building the scheme or the structure of the certification and assuring that the producers are being like uh, fulfilling the parameters and then you have other exporters that are more like uh, the quality specialty coffee exporters and all of this uh, movement which have different focus so inside of that group, you have some that are focused on some certifications, but mostly on improving quality or uh, doing experimentation or planting of varieties and seeing the results and stuff like that. So depending, I guess, depending on the type of agronomy assistance, there are some issues that can occur. Exactly. And there are some biases and some focuses uh, that each one is going to is going to basically be looking at improving. Um, some of the problems that can occur, depending on the type of visit, is, is how the information is given, how often the people visit, um, often there can be mixed messages going, going to producers, yeah. so if they're getting a visit from someone who's selling fertilizer versus someone who's interested in production versus someone who's interested in quality, the messages are not necessarily going to be aligned. Or experimentation. Yeah, or experimentation. Exactly. So this can be problematic. 
Um, and, and that's very that's very important to understand and have a wider perspective because producers don't sell their coffee all of their coffee to the same guys mm -hmm. they don't put the eggs in the same basket and when they find a great partner they try to sell everything and even though they're not able to because of the different quality tires mm -hmm. So now we're going to have a bit more of a focus on the Pekka team, which is our agronomical team based at Origin. And we're going to see what their approach is and how they face some of these issues that we, we've just mentioned. So I did a quick interview with Hector Calderon, yes. who is basically the Pekka coordinator of the South of Willa. Um, and he has been working for Calavella since around May 2018 and is currently finishing off his thesis in agronomy at the National University. So Hector comes from a very, very traditional background. Uh, he's actually from La Plata, which is where he's based, um, and his family had been working in coffee for many years as well. So it's going to be great to listen to this interview, which I carried mm -hmm. out with Hector, and uh, we hope you enjoy it. Okay, let's listen to your interview. So, Hector, how did you first get involved in the world of coffee? Well, if you are born into a coffee farm, Right from the beginning, you are taught to love coffee and the world that goes into it. It always depends on your age, but from early on, you will see things and help out on the farm. And you will accompany your parents on the farm, normally starting off with things like picking the cherries or helping with washing. It's never forced labor or exploitation, just helping out your parents and then teaching you how things work on the farm. My first memory of coffee was my parents teaching me not to eat the coffee cherries on the farm, as you might get sick. But the real reason was that you might choke on the coffee bean. <laughs> my first coffee memory. <laughs> okay, and what was it that interested you about working with Caravella? Well, what interested me the most was the model. And well, has a true focus on the production of coffee. I am from a very traditional coffee growing family, and we never really focused on quality or specialty but instead on volume, which is the norm in this area of Wheel. What really interested me about Carabella was the focus on idle value, the focus on cup quality. At a moment in which the coffee industry is changing so much, where prices don't support the production of coffee, it means that really focusing on producing a high quality product is the only way to make sense to produce coffee. The model is great, really, because it helps you see that yes, there is a fuel for coffee and that it isn't a losing game. Cool, interesting. And so before you worked for Carabella, what's what were you doing? Mm, okay, I worked for a fertilizer company and specifically I worked on a technical assistance side of things, always in the countryside. I worked on creating a balanced and complete fertilization for many different crops, but because of the area I was based in, La Plata Huila. I mainly worked for, with coffee farmers. I'm a countryside person, I love the countryside, and I always wanted to do something more to help the countryside in general terms, more than just producing something. So I always looked for work in the countryside where I would be assisting others. Great, very interesting. Um, let's now have a bit more of a chat about exactly what PECA is. So maybe you could tell us, what is PECA? PECA is the acronym that is used to identify the educational program for coffee producers that Carabella developed in all the regions where we are present. There is a slogan that we use in PECA, that we are working for creation of the best coffees in the world through a free agricultural educational program to help future generations of coffee producers. I define it as a strategy of information and continued improvement for the producer, his or her family and the community at large. We look to make successful and reliable producers who are focused on quality. 
A goal for P.E.K.K.A. is that these producers identify themselves as this, as successful and sustainable to work with one goal. It is really important that farms become family businesses where everyone has a role, where the focus is not just on the individual. Okay, so obviously you've mentioned a few goals here in terms of what P.E.K.K.A. wants to achieve, but maybe you could elaborate a little more on this. So, in general terms, the goals are to grow coffee farm as a businesses, to improve quality, to increase production. We work with producers to help them become more sustainable economically and environmentally. We make sure that the workers of farmers who we buy from are treated with respect, that there is no type of exploitation. We place a huge importance on implementing treatment systems of residual water used in processing the coffee, which isn't just for the community, but for the region as a whole. Ultimately meaning that the best coffee can be drunk all around the world and in doing this, it gives producers the opportunity to gain the compensation. Not that they need, but what they deserve for the quality that they produce. The subject of prices is always there, and it is important as it shows producers recognition for the work they carry out so that the future generation will see an opportunity in the coffee. So tell me a little more about what a producer has to do to become part of this program. It is a basic profile. Their coffee needs to have some potential in terms of how it cups, as well as a certain standard of physical quality. The decide to work as a family and to implement sustainable practices on the farm has to be present as well. There needs to be some traditional varieties on the farm, like Katura, Tipica, Bourbon. But the most important thing is that they want to work and to improve the, what they do. The program is divided into three levels. There are potentials that live in the areas where we work and that in general fulfill the needs that I just mentioned previously. Then, this producer will work with both the PECA agronomist but first with the quality analyst. After tasting the coffee, Pekka will visit to see how the farm is and where we can offer some help in terms of areas to improve. Whether the farmers applied what we show them ultimately shows if they really want to work with us. Then, there are producers who are at the intermediary level. These are producers who have already started putting into practice strategies to improve their farms and to improve the quality of their coffee. These producers receive more frequent visits and trainings in areas of agronomy, administration, sustainability, and quality. The last level is called siembra and cosecha, and this is the last stage as it really is the real transformation of a producing family into a family business. It requires that the producers achieve certain requirements in terms of productivity, quality, and sustainability. Wow, so you spoke a little about what you did before Caravella, and what I'll be interested in now is knowing the differences between uh, the focus of what agronomists look for in general and what Pekka does. Maybe you could explain a little more about this. Yeah, mm, compared to other groups of agronomists, there are differences. For example, part of what Pekka does is based on how the coffee cups and the goal is to improve this. We don't start off at the farm. We start off with the cup. We also always try to focus on improving what producers already have there are always problems. So we take apart the good things and work on improving the areas that are lacking. And I feel this is what makes Pekka different from other agronomical assistants. We never give out general protocols. We always look at what is there, what is working and what it needs to be improved. More than a technical team, we are a team of agronomical facilitators for coffee producers with a sustainability focus and a lot of social responsibility. Wow, so have you seen positive results from your work? It's very gratifying. Something that happens with people who work with Pekka is that they put on weight. As producers are in general very grateful for the help and always provide lunch. <laughs> <laughs>
when you see how the families change, how the quality improves and how incomes improve, well, there is a benefit for everyone and then you start seeing how this can change lives. Sometimes these families have never even been to a public pool together because of their economic circumstances and now they can enjoy some time together. The best thing for me is that they are not just improving their quality and income but also the sustainability, which has an impact on the farm, the community and the region. These producers don't just work to comply with Carabella's requirement, but they carry out sustainable practices because they understand the importance of them. They focus on the general benefit of looking after the environment. And this is part of PECA's job, not just to show producers what to do, but explain what is important. So it isn't just an obligation, it is something important for them as well, to look after what they have. Wow. Well, Hector, thank you so much for spending some time with me today. And Thanks having you, a chat. man. No, it's been, it's been great talking to you and I really appreciate your time. See you next time. See you next time. So, this was a very interesting interview. Yeah. Um, for me, highlighting the structure. So you have quality, you have productivity under the umbrella of it lasting long and being sustainable. Uh, in all of the aspects that is needed. And another thing that was uh, very important for me, and it's a highlight, is the structure of the PECA model. So you have potential, and which is basically producers that you can connect with, they have good quality, they could have really good quality. Um, but you need to give it time for the relationship to grow. It's not that you're starting with the most committed relationship you will start and see if it works if they're doing the recommendations and stuff then you have the PECA program which is more educational and creating the structure at the farm and all of that mm -hmm. and then you have siembra y cosecha which is people that has already learned and they can do by themselves and they can teach others and going in line with that it's it's really interesting that Heita kind of talks about not trying to apply just a general kind of thing to everyone yes. and really looking at what's on the farms that you can use so you can take advantage of what is already there and take advantage of what is already going well. But maybe that's you have a good, uh, a reasonably good drying area or you have good varieties, but you just need to improve your fertilization or you just need to improve your drying. So it's great yeah. to look at, oh, look, this is going well, this is going well, this is the area which is really lacking. If we improve this, this will have the biggest impact on, on your quality mm -hmm. and, on, and on your production as well, hopefully. So I thought that was a really nice approach as opposed to being like, oh, to be honest, everything probably can be improved here. You go to farms and it's like, actually that could be improved, that could be improved, that could be improved, that could be improved. But focusing in on um, on the area which is lacking the most yes. is, is super important and it's a nice uh, and not approach. only not only lacking the most, but the one that's going to be more significant. Mm -hmm. So like when you go to farms, and well one of the first things that you will invest or try to convince a producer to invest or like help him build his budget is on fertilization mm -hmm. why because healthier trees will produce better coffee bad because that will immediately affect the profitability of the producer and then if they are not going to do like uh, then you can do like drying station and then you go back to back to processing but it depends on the farm. Like you have to have yeah. this like X-ray overview of the farm mm -hmm. and being very practical and efficient on what you decide to work well on with the producer. Yeah, and this is like very time consuming, obviously, because it is much easier if you have a general approach and it's like, okay, you need to comply by these certain things and this will lead to a certain result that you want. Yeah. Being able to just say that, send that to people and just be like, this is what you do, is much easier and much more time efficient. Having to analyze each 
situation differently and apply different ideas and different um, different processes, different protocols, definitely is more time consuming. But really for achieving the quality that, um, that I guess we need and yes. we want, you, you have to have that approach. And as we mentioned initially, there's many types of different... Uh, Acronomical help. <laughs> Acronomical help. Thank you, Sally. No worries. <laughs> At origin. And um, they all come with their own agendas and biases and motivations. And I, what I like about kind of the, the interview we did with Pekka is that the idea of, of helping producers produce better quality and improving their productivity uh, really goes hand in hand with their own welfare. Uh, production really is important, but not if it comes at the price of the quality, particularly when the sea market prices are, are so low. So it was really nice to hear that. Exactly. It's really, really nice. And we do encourage people to ask. Sometimes, like, I used to be like that. It's like, oh, we have agronomical help, and we have agronomists on the ground, or we have technicians on the ground, and they're visiting producers. But just keep in mind that it's not only about visiting a producer, but creating a plan and having a goal and yeah, when you have these goals, you have the structure to create a plan. And it's not like, oh, it is this really cool experiment, blah, blah, blah. How is that actually supporting the healthy growth of a producer? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Trial time. Agreed. Well, that is this month's episode. This was our take on agronomy at origin. We hope you enjoyed the episode and learned some things. Yes, we do. And we will see you next time. Please, if you have any comments and would like to uh, go deep into any of the subjects that we talk, just let us know. Well, we will be here next month with a new episode of Origin Compass. See you soon, guys. <laughs>